Coming up on We Talk News, Visa sends out a warning to the industry about rounding up transactions using cashless ATMs. Plus, Pfizer does more than just offer COVID vaccines. Now, they've spent billions on acquiring Arena Pharma. Is this a sign of the future? And the state of Ohio expands their medical marijuana program. Next up, adult use. And the first country in Europe to go legal is Malta. Where? It's in the middle of the Mediterranean, south of Italy, of course. Elena Pinto anchors We Talk News, coming up next. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media, and it's our final Weed Talk News episode of 2021. And as you're out holiday shopping, you may need to carry cash on your next dispensary visit. Visa, the world's second largest card payment company, is sending a strong message to cannabis companies about flubbing financial records. So let's break it down. Financial institutions are still not protected by the federal government for doing business with state legal cannabis companies. Many dispensaries today are miscoding their financial transactions inside their shops, recording them as ATM fees when customers are really purchasing cannabis. It's a pretty common practice, and apparently Visa is catching on, warning cannabis retailers that they could be in trouble. Pro-cannabis media's Jimmy Young spoke with our financial law expert, Ashley Elsner, about why this is such a hot-button issue. What you're talking about there is they have merchant category codes that they assign to merchants based on what industry they're in. That helps with risk analysis. It helps with um, it helps with their compliance obligations to the government, um, and that's not that's something that gets missed. That these these codifications, the the codes that they put there, um, are deliberate and have to do with risk models. Um, and some of that has to do with pricing, but a lot of it has to do with monitoring, which is a requirement that you have as a financial institution of any type. Um, you're supposed to be monitoring for money laundering and you're supposed to be monitoring for fraud. I would think that these companies that are licensed dispensaries that are practicing this have legal counsel. Was there legal counsel advising them saying, no, what you're doing is okay? I find that very, very unlikely because any lawyer that understands um, the financial systems um, would tell them that this is not okay that um, miscoding as a practice, they would tell them that, that as a sniff test, this seems a little funny. And when they started looking at the receipts on it, they would say, this is not receipted the way that it's supposed to be. Um, and they, you know, yes, it's true that they would probably advise them that this is not a good system if they, if they understood it. But that's the tricky bit about this. This is a really specialized area of law, a very specialized area of law. And you need to understand the market dynamics of the players that are already the legacy players um, you need to understand the rules and regulations and laws that apply to you. Um, and you also need to be completely transparent with anything that you're doing, because actually in, in the United States, we are required as financial institutions to be completely transparent with one another and with the government about what we're seeing in this transaction space. So, I mean, this is, this is actually a law enforcement and a national security issue. And um, let, me, let me just tie that back to it really quickly. When we're using transaction monitoring and monitoring for fraud and money laundering, it's indicative of other criminal behavior. So it is a very, very bad idea 
for a dispensary who is licensed to be using systems that, you know, on, honestly, like the experts would tell you, this is not a legitimate system. This is not a legitimate way to do this. It doesn't look like any comprehensive cannabis reform will be passed in Congress this year. On Thursday, Representatives Earl Blumenauer and Barbara Lee released a memo detailing the efforts for cannabis reform on Capitol Hill this year and what to watch for 2022. The memo points to progress in the form of the various cannabis legislative bills that were filed this year, even if they weren't enacted. The lawmakers stress the work to reform is far from over, and with more from the nation's capital, here's Vote Pro Podcast's Phil Adams. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News DC Report. A memo released by co-chairs of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus highlights this year's developments in cannabis legal reform and sets forth priorities for moving forward. Representatives Earl Blumenauer of Oregon and Barbara Lee of California, both longtime champions of reform, released the memo listing all the legislation introduced in the House this year, including some that have advanced. The memo goes on to laud the record number of states that legalized marijuana for adult use in 2021, saying that together they have, quote, set the table for comprehensive cannabis reform. A new survey released this week finds that not only has cannabis use not increased among young people since legalization, it's actually decreased significantly. The study found that among eighth graders, cannabis use dropped from 11.4% in 2020 to 7.1% in 2021. For 10th graders, the drop over the same period was even steeper, falling from 28% to 17.3%. And for 12th graders, cannabis use dipped from 35.2% to 30.5%. This latest data comes on the heels of several other studies that show no statistically significant increase in youth marijuana consumption following legalization. Among them are the National Survey on Drug Abuse and Health, the Journal of the American Medical Association, the National Center for Education Statistics, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A new study published by the National Cancer Institute is highly critical of the current state of the federal regulatory system regarding cannabis research. The paper, titled Challenges for Clinical Cannabis and Cannabinoid Research in the United States, is the latest in a nine-part series stemming from a 2020 symposium by the NCI about the science behind using cannabis as a cancer treatment. The paper focuses on how conflicting federal and state cannabis regulations, particularly the Controlled Substances Act, create undue barriers that hinder much-needed research. A team composed of scientists from the National Institute on Drug Abuse, the National Institutes of Health, and the Food and Drug Administration write that administrative burdens stifle scientific investigation of the potential health benefits and safety concerns of cannabis. This study is especially significant in that it represents members of the federal cannabis regulatory system critiquing the system itself. That's the We Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast.
MSO Cureleaf has been facing fallout from a THC CBD label mix-up earlier this year. Now, a lawsuit out of Oregon claiming a wrongful death due to the mistake. The lawsuit claims a 78-year-old man consumed the mislabeled products, leading to an emergency room visit where doctors say he exhibited stroke-like symptoms. The man's family believes large consumptions of THC caused him to become comatose where he later succumbed to an unrelated bout of COVID-19. If the courts favor on the side of the family, it could be one of the first cannabis-related deaths we've seen. With more from the Pacific Northwest, Josh Kincaid has our Washington State Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Did you know cannabis cafes in Washington State are a Class C felony? The law prevents the ability to maintain or operate a marijuana lounge in Washington, which may be the strictest law in the country as it pertains to cannabis consumption lounges, if not the strictest law in the world. So what happened? June of 2015, Washington created an emergency law preventing businesses from operating cannabis cafes. Fast forward more than half a decade, and that law is still there while most of the members of the House and Senate in the state capitol have no clue to its existence. So as chairman of the Cannabis Lounge Committee at the Cannabis Alliance, which is a Washington State nonprofit organization, I drafted a bill back in November of 2019, postponed by COVID, and I'll be resubmitting that in January of 2022 to try and overturn that felony. But who cares? Well, Washington State's not vertically integrated. So that means retailers don't have this production or grow, and they don't own brands or manufacturing, making this state a forgotten investment opportunity to other MSOs and large cannabis brands. So cannabis cafes could be that extra license and or opportunity for local companies needed to collaborate or pivot to stay relevant in a time when cannabis brands are becoming paramount. So next time you'll find out about Washington State's 2022 cannabis legislative priorities. But with that, we're gonna have to roll this one up. We're gonna have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking Hedge for We Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. New year, new tax regulations. Sales tax on weed in California is supposed to rise another 5% on the first day of 2022. Since the passing of Proposition 64 to legalize adult use cannabis, California's regulated market has struggled to battle the illicit market. And some are worried this tax hike won't help. With that, Christopher Smith has this week's California report. Hey, thanks for the intro, guys. Here's the last California roundup for 2021 for Weed Talk News. Joe Biden has been president for 299 days and cannabis is still a Schedule One drug, which defines it as more dangerous than cocaine and crystal meth, though we all know how ridiculous that is. Meanwhile, tiny little Malta has figured out how to let its adults act like adults, along with Canada, Uruguay, Georgia, and South Africa, all getting there ahead of the United States. And this is why American cannabis advocates still have a big job to do in 2022. A celebrity-backed cannabis incubator called Fourth Movement has finally cracked the code on the very broken Los Angeles regulatory scheme that was intended to favor social equity applicants, but ended up crushing most of them with red tape and delays. Its first dispensary opened this week called 64 and Hope. The company provides capital, training, and handles the mess of regulatory details and provides store owners with 81% equity in their business to help begin to build business strength and wealth in the community. Now, Mike Tyson 
is a Brooklyn-born boxing champion, but a California-based weed baron. His updated brand Tyson 2.0 is now in 100 dispensaries across the Golden State, with ambitions to be in 500 by the end of next year. Says Thunder Mike, I'm better today thanks to the healing powers of cannabis, and I'm eager to share what we've created so others can benefit from this magical plant the way I have. Now, the company calls him the chief brand officer, but I still call him champ. You should too. Amazon may provide free shipping, but can you beat this? Can the celebrities will soon be joined by NBA legend Dwayne Wade, the 13-time 13, All-Star and three-time NBA champion, has just finished a memoir called Dwayne, and he's also announced a limited edition cannabis line with the California weed brand called Jeter. Now, the drop includes three exclusive strains. Each pre-roll pack will also come with a copy of the book. Now, that is a creative package. The book and the Jeter Reefers will hit dispensaries today in cities across California. And finally, here's a nice holiday story. In a dramatic reversal, a 90-year-old seriously ill federal inmate serving life in prison for a nonviolent marijuana trafficking crime will go free after an ordinarily stone-cold judge granted him compassionate release on Tuesday. Horatio Estrada Elias, who was the subject of a CNN investigative story in September, is set to be freed this week after more than a dozen years behind bars. He'll go home to live out his last days with his sister and her family in San Diego, California. And I'm Christopher Smith for the American Cannabis Report, sending peace and love and holiday cheer from the legendary cannabis state of California for Weed Talk News. Vermont is one of the latest states to be plagued with tainted weed. Police in one town reported their first case of fentanyl-laced cannabis back in November, which they say led to an overdose. Another reason lawmakers there say the state should legalize and regulate the plant. With that, Jesse Lindolin has our green nurse report from Vermont. Hi, I'm Jesse Lindolin from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. The Cannabis Control Board met on both Wednesday the 15th and Friday the 17th as they continued to discuss the proposed rules and regulations for both medical and adult use programs while they prepare to send final recommendations to the legislator for ultimate approval. Hout and Hetty have put together a holiday party that even this nurse can't resist. Their December 19th event will have over a dozen different Vermont craft cannabis cultivators and features music by Multi Beast. Check Hout and Hetty out on Instagram for more information. On December 16th, the Cannabis Generation hosted an Access to the Industry fundraiser at Rail Yard Apothecary in Burlington to support budding BIPOC entrepreneurs and curious consumers. Vermont Cannabis Solutions, Vermont Normal, and Julie Holberg from the Cannabis Control Board were in attendance. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. A similar story could be growing down in Florida. Authorities there say nearly 40 people in the Tampa Bay area recently developed severe bleeding after using synthetic marijuana or spice from street dealers. More fuel for Florida to potentially argue for an adult use market. Sticking with the Sunshine State, Heather Allman has this week's Florida Report. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report with the Florida Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. After years of partisan squabbling over the state of Florida's medical marijuana program, Democrats and Republicans are coming together to push what they're calling a major reform bill, which aims to add new rules to Florida's medical marijuana industry. 
the bipartisan cannabis reform bill HB 679 is sponsored by representatives Andrew Learned and Spencer Roach and will allow for many other regulations such as telehealth and prohibit marijuana advertising. It's unclear whether House Speaker Chris Sprouse or Senate President Wilton Simpson will support the measure, but it's refreshing to see a bipartisan effort. On December 14, 2021 in Tallahassee, Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried announced that the second Florida International Agriculture Innovation Summit will take place March 30th through 31st, 2022. The two-day virtual day summit is supported by the governments of Florida, Israel, Canada, and the Netherlands and hosted by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. The full summit agenda, including panels, speakers, and special guests be announced in early 2022. During a December 9th meeting of the Miami City Commission, a majority declined to hear a resolution regarding MRC44 LLC versus the City of Miami and deferred the resolution until January as the Bantam Medical Marijuana Treatment Center for dispensary facilities within city limits staggers on into year three. A hearing is now set for January 14th, 2022 in the 11th Judicial Court of Florida. That's the Florida Cannabis Report. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report with Weed Talk News. A new study shows youth consumption of cannabis decreased significantly in 2021. The federally funded Monitoring the Future survey has been tracking adolescent drug use since the 70s. And this year, they revealed a large drop in cannabis use amongst 8th, 10th, and 12th graders, despite a rise in legalization maybe proving that normalizing weed isn't so bad after all. Now, let's check in with Michigan Normal Director Rick Thompson. Rick. Hello, everyone. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. On Tuesday, the Marijuana Regulatory Agency announced they were finally conquering a 12-year-old problem, putting pictures on the identification cards for medical marijuana program participants. It seems pretty simple, right? Just coordinate the medical marijuana database with the Secretary of State and import all the driver's licenses or state ID photos. Well, simple it was not, as some of the Medical Marijuana Act included some of the heavy protections from disclosure, and there's been a general unwillingness on the part of state government to facilitate the information sharing. Current cards are still good, and when renewed, the newly issued cards will carry a photo in that forever empty space on the face of our medical marijuana cards. On Wednesday evening this week, the inaugural Cannabis Gives Back Telethon was held online. It featured notables from Michigan's cannabis podcasts, encouraging people to donate and rewarded donors with a few minutes of airtime to explain their company's mission or their individual motivation to give. I was proud to participate. The Redemption Foundation raised more than $24,000 for charities designated by that foundation, on which I sit as an advisor. Charities slated to receive some of the proceeds include the Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition, the Great Lakes Expungement Network, along with Sons and Daughters United. Well done, Redemption Cannabis team. By far, though, the biggest story in Michigan is the Court of Claims ordering the Marijuana Regulatory Agency to return moldy cannabis to retail shelves in the regulated market. Sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie plot, but it's true. 
Earlier this month, the Court of Claims decided that only half of the cannabis contained within a recent marijuana regulatory agency recall should have been recalled, and they ordered the MRA to release from hold all cannabis tested at Veritas Labs North. Problem is, some of that cannabis had been retested, and it failed for mold and aspergillus. 18 people have been sickened by cannabis affected by the recall so far in Michigan. When the Court of Claims ordered the Veritas North Cannabis back on the market, they did not differentiate between the clean cannabis and the bad. The MRA released all the cannabis that was fit for human consumption, but that wasn't good enough for Veritas. Late last week, they sued the MRA to apparently get them to release all the cannabis, which failed testing too, and the government reluctantly complied. Tuesday of this week, the MRA crafted a way to cheat their own computer system to allow for the dirty, moldy Veritas cannabis to be transferred to retailers and to be sold to people like you and me. Now, there is no easy way to know if the Veritas Labs tested cannabis on the shelves is tested and clean, tested and dirty, or if it's never been retested. So consumer advocates like myself have advised all Michigan cannabis consumers to avoid anything tested by Veritas Labs found in their local retail stores. People, we live in crazy, dangerous times. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. A native tribe in New York is kicking off adult use sales. The St. Regis Mohawk tribe in upstate has awarded three cultivation permits, putting them on the path to be the first adult use retailer in the state. It's exciting news because now hundreds of New York towns and villages are opting out of the adult use market, at least for now. Right now, more than 400 of them have decided not to allow adult use dispensaries or consumption sites at least for now. And in New Jersey, applications are now being accepted for growers, manufacturers, and testing labs. As of this week, nearly 700 businesses had already filed, hinting the Garden State may soon be budding with plenty of product. And sticking with the East Coast, Claudia Post has our Pennsylvania report. I'm Claudia Post from Most Consulting Group, and I'm right here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, Reporting for We Talk News. Controversy over Pennsylvania's review of medical cannabis vape products has proliferated. Regulators are warning that some products could be removed from the shelves if deemed unsafe by the state's review. Well, that's really odd because the state has already approved these vape products. So we in Pennsylvania don't understand what triggered this uh, review. Growers and processors are contemplating taking legal action against the state. And patients are scared because they've been using these products and they've never had any problem. So what sparked this review? Only the Department of Health in Pennsylvania knows. In other news, Representative Dwight Evans of Pennsylvania tweeted, congrats to the cannabis dispensary Cureleaf right here in Philadelphia. They voted to unionize. I want to see how this rolls out across the country and the reaction from other MSOs. And in our continuing saga of Dr. Oz, because it's newsworthy, because he touts his support for cannabis, uh, I want to make mention that he is a carpetbagger. He lives in New Jersey and he's running for office in Pennsylvania. I don't know how that's going to work. 
And second, Dr. Oz has been fired from his own show by Sony when he announced that he was running for Senate. And although he is a marijuana advocate, his credibility is in question because he pedos, peddles pseudoscience and is criticized by doctors and scientists. And that's just my two cents. That's a wrap for this week for our Pennsylvania Cannabis Report. I'm Claudia Post from Most Consulting Group. Happy holidays from We Talk News, and I'll see you next year. This week, Massachusetts marked five years of adult use cannabis sales. While the state passed medical use back in 2012, voters decided to legalize weed for adults 21 and up thanks to a ballot initiative in November of 2016. As we celebrate half a decade of legal cannabis, let's check in with Ron Marshall C for our Bay State Report. Ron. I'm Ron Marshall C with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Last weekend at Boston University, MCR Labs teamed up with the Cannabis Center of Excellence to host the first annual Cannabis Science Fair. This was an opportunity for many researchers of cannabis to share their results of their studies with the public. The event was free and PCM founder Jimmy Young was there to report on this exciting step towards destigmatization. The chemical details of metals that leach into organic materials. Last weekend at Boston University, a sense of normalization, a science fair for researchers to share their studies with the public. Only this time, it was all about the cannabis plant. Um, MCR Labs approached me a couple months ago and um, said they expressed an interest in having a showcase of science and research. And we've been working together for now four year, years. Um, and I'm an alum of BU. I went to the School of Public Health here. Um, so I spent my, got my doctoral degree here, and uh, five years ago I won the first annual Boston University Cannabis Startup Competition that was hosted by the Build Lab, which is hosting the Cannabis Science Fair. MCR Lab CEO Michael Kahn shared some of the challenges of running a testing lab in a highly regulated industry. And specifically for what I believe to be the, the largest kind of threat to the the quality control program in this industry, lab shopping, I just, I just want it to be more transparent. I think the happiest person at the science fair was Dr. Marion McNabb. Her life is research, and her Cannabis Center of Excellence has carved out a leading role in the acceptance of cannabis as a medicine backed up by science. Oh, so this is like a homecoming for you. It is, my fifth year. So, yeah, last month I was here with the Cannabis Startup Competition in its fifth year. Um, now, the Cannabis Center of Excellence, which is the idea that I pitched five years ago, mm -hmm. um, is now running and is running the science fair. And that sense of satisfaction for you, isn't a it? A huge sense of satisfaction. I mean, smile from ear to ear. For We Talk News, I'm Jimmy Young. Massachusetts cannabis company The Hubcraft announced Thursday a retail and manufacturing partnership with Worcester-based Major Bloom. With Major Bloom, the Hubcraft gains a critical partner in launching their limited edition celebrity pre-rolls. Major Bloom president Ulysses Youngblood was quoted as saying, The Hubcraft gains a critical partner in launching their limited edition celebrity pre-rolls, representing Paul Pierce, Whoopi Goldberg, Gary Payton, and Freeway Rick Ross. In early 2022, we will pioneer weed product development coupled with a weed home delivery service. It is exciting to work with great companies like The Hubcraft to bring value and original cannabis products to consumers around the state.
Limited edition pre-rolls for the brands True 34, Emma and Clyde, Peyton's Place, and Freeway will be available at select dispensaries throughout the state starting Monday, December 20th. And finally, native cannabis cultivator Bountiful Farms announced an expansion Tuesday with plans to begin selling products at six new stores across Massachusetts. Bountiful Farms operates a medical dispensary in Natick and grows all of its products at a facility in Lakeville. That facility will double the amount of cannabis plants it grows to sell products at new retail stores in Franklin, Brockton, Salem, Salisbury, Amesbury, and Kingston. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Malta has become the very first European country to legalize recreational marijuana. The move puts Malta at the forefront of a growing movement across Europe to relax legislation around weed with other countries on the cusp. With that, Stephen Arthur George has this week's European report. I'm Stephen Arthur George from Kai Advisors in Lisbon, Portugal. This is the European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Big news out of the European Union this week. Malta will be the first EU country to legalize cannabis for personal use. Just this week, the Malta Parliament voted 27 in favor, 36 in favor, my mistake, to 27 against for the regulation of personal use of cannabis. They will be the first European country to allow the consumption, possession, as well as the cultivation of cannabis. When we look a little bit deeper into the regulations of the country off the southern coast of Italy, we see that they will allow for to possess up to seven grams of cannabis, be able to cultivate four cannabis plants at home, and will allow for nonprofit clubs to exist. Canopy, canopy growth starts to back out of the EU medical cannabis industry. The company has recently entered into an agreement to divest its subsidiary business, C3, cannabinoid compound company, GmbH. They are said to be focusing more on their CPG business, which is in line with their overall company strategy. They still plan on sending medical cannabis products to Germany from Canada and will be available in other countries across Europe as well, but only from their Canadian offerings. Tuberous sclerosis patients in Wales now allowed to access epidolics. If you've been following the UK medical cannabis industry, it has been plagued with all types of struggles. But the Wales Health Department is moving a little bit quicker than the Health Department in both England and in Ireland. It is now making epidolics available for these patients. It is said that across overall in the UK, there could be up to 11,000 patients with tuberous sclerosis. That's the European Cannabis Report. I'm Stephen Arthur George from Kai Advisors reporting for Weed Talk News. And if you're in Germany this holiday season, there's a sweet treat to take the stress out of holiday travel. Berlin's Public Transit Authority is offering a promotional hemp-infused ticket that you can actually eat. It doesn't have any THC, but is infused with hemp seed oils. Another fun way the global cannabis community is working toward normalization. And that's it for this year in Weed Talk News. As you head into the new year, remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there, so use it responsibly. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. See you in 2022. 
Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.